0: we
1: Folks here on the Michigan Insider Sports Talk 1050 WTKA online at WTKA.com. Sam Webb, Mr. Ira Weintraub on the other side, and the M-Go Blog crew is in the metaphorical house, right? I mean, we they are in the house, uh, at least our stream yard house as we do it every single week, breaking down all things Michigan football and basketball related for that matter. Uh, you can follow us on the stream over on YouTube or, of course, you can listen to us here uh, with the crew starting off first with the man that started it all over at go Blog, our good friend Brian Cook. Brian, good morning. How are you? I'm well. All right. And then we have our friend Seth Fisher. Good morning. How are you? I'm
2: fine. I almost have my hearing back from the uh, Rutgers fans who got super, super loud and uh <laughs> for about 5 minutes.
1: <laughs> and then the man who had uh, he had a a woman de- desperately pursuing him, a woman who donned the green and white, uh, made made an offer that I think Craig refused, right? <laughs> he lost. Joyce, as well, Craig, how you doing this morning?
3: I had no choice but to refuse. I was standing in the parking lot surrounded by cars. But, the, but I have to say, here, if you'll indulge me for 30 seconds, you know, for a while, every now and then, when I was out in public, uh, someone would come up to me, because I'm a loudmouth, and, and they would say to me, hey, you're that Trotsky guy. And I'd say, yeah, yeah. And then for a while it was, hey, you're that Neanderthal guy. And at the basketball game, and I swear this is true, uh, what was it, Monday night, and Ted Spencer and my brother Roger are witnesses, uh, the guy in front of me turned around and said, hey, you're that butthole guy. (laughs) So so I've evolved (laughs) I've gone from the Trotsky guy to the butthole guy, which I think is a, tr- a true de-revolution or de-evolution. You're moving sure up which. in the
0: world, Craig. I'm
3: moving up in the world. There it goes. So who says I don't, think these says I are don't mutually get some exclusive. benefit can, out of the show?
2: You can be a you know a Neanderthal <laughs> Trotsky-type <poster. laughs>
1: They are not mutually exclusive? No. Not at all. Not at all. Not at all. Not at all. <laughs> All right. So, fellas, uh, the Wolverines 52 to 17 over the Scarlet Knights. Uh, it was it was actually a game for a half. A game that the Scarlet Knights led going into the break. And then, of course, as we've seen Michigan do uh for most of the season, and certainly over the last four four games, a Blitzkrieg, uh, where they held the Scarlet Knights scoreless, I think it's three points in the second half in the last four games combined. This defense has surrendered. And of course, the the offense got on track, blew them out. Brian, your big takeaways from the Rutgers contest.
0: Well, it's just when you have these games where one team is able to run the ball and the other team is absolutely not able to run the ball, it's just a matter of time before a dam breaks. And we've seen this the whole year, right? Because Michigan's been in competitive games at halftime, virtually all their Big Ten games. But if you look at the underlying numbers, you're just like, okay, when is the dam going to break? It's Penn State, it's against Iowa, I guess Iowa was – a little bit different, but against Maryland, like there's just too hard to hold up against that kind of pounding constantly because, you know, running the ball is the, the low variance option. And if you can do that and the other team can't, then eventually they're just going to get got. So that's pretty much what happened to Rutgers. Now, <clears throat> I think they put up more of a fight in terms of uh defensive approach than a lot of teams did. I mean, Michigan State laid back, Iowa laid back. Rutgers got after it, and they had a number of pretty fun blitzes and uh, interesting ways to attack Michigan. I particularly enjoyed one pass rush where the guy sold like he was going to stunt, and then uh, Zach Zinter went to go help uh, on a guy who he thought was going to be coming through his gap, and then the guy just zipped through the gap. They're using Michigan's offensive line coaching against them. So it's like, this This team is too well coached, so we're going to fake a stunt, and they're going to pick it up, except it's not actually a stunt. And I'm like, Shiano, you've done it again. <laughs> so uh, he's a really good defensive coach, and Michigan had to uh, pull out some stops to, to, to move the ball, and they, they pretty much did so. So I, I was fairly pleased with the outcome. You know, you need a, a little bit b- better accuracy from McCarthy. You need a little bit more help from the wide receivers when they are put in positions where they have to make a tough catch. Uh, but I hope that's coming. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. Seth? Yeah, I mean, I I was looking at the defensive side, and it was, you know, talk about Cascades, because, like, this one was weird. Three plays, they went from being down to the game being over. It was, it only took, you know, it was the um couple, couple interceptions, one of them will pick six, and I forget what the next play was, but it was like, it was over, even before Will Johnson's interception. And, but that was kind of what was going on this whole game. If you look at every single play, play-by-play Michigan's um, I track expected points added. So it's just like, you know, the, the value of each play. And every single play Rutgers was running was, going, was negative. It was just going to be three and outs. And, you know, they used third and eight as their, like, let's go take a shot play. And so sometimes, you know, I think three times they got a shot. You know, they, 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 they did it. But many other times they didn't do it, and once you know the luck of hitting two shots in a row, and also getting the punt block kind of ran out on them. That was it. They just did not have the offense. They got it. Their freshman was t- uh, the quarterback was terrible. I Brian's right. Like it's going to be hard to see even down the road how Gavin Wimsat turns into a Big Ten caliber quarterback because. He doesn't have the accuracy. He's not particularly big. He's not like super fast. It's probably you know he's got more arm talent than anyone who's been there. But Rutgers just they they don't have the talent on offense at all. And you know I I want to like celebrate some things like Michael Barrett had a great day. That's a guy that we've been you know needing a breakout from that level, uh, and he really did have a great day. He had a, it wasn't just the interceptions. There were a lot of other moments there where he actually performed. <clears throat> And the other guy uh, was having a great day was Taylor Upshaw, and I want to believe in that too. But, like, you know, Upshaw got some good pass rushes from tackle and, and beat that right tackle, who was pretty terrible. So um, I don't think it really changes anything, but not changing anything is
3: fine. Michigan has been this dominant all season. Greg Ross. Yeah. Uh, you know, a couple things. One is I was impressed with what Shiano did in this game also, and maybe, you know, Michigan should have pressed him uh because there are of course rumors that at one point he would be the head coach here or maybe he was head coach here for 24 <laughs> right. hours i don't know and uh he certainly knows what he's doing as a defensive coach you know i'm more of a glass half empty go- guy i'm uh you know and 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 seth was glass half full um uh, and the you know, the game was 7-0 and everything is going along well and we have like these four plays in a row that are distressing. We had uh, Andrell wide open on a long pass. I don't know if he should have caught it or not. Probably Devin thinks he should have caught it. Uh, I don't know but I felt that It was slightly overthrown. They, you know, they had a miscut by Donovan Edwards. He he got five or six yards, but I think he could have done a little better on that one, even though he had a really good game. Then I think Olu misses a block or maybe it was a poor read by uh, McCarthy. And then we have a block punt. So next thing you know, you know, at some point here, it's 150 yards to 3 and we're only up 14-7. And uh and then it gets a bit worse. So it, it was a very strange game but but I think Brian's commentary that uh, that getting pounded in the run game uh, takes tolls on a team is something that's perhaps hard to appreciate at the time it's 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 going on
0: well i don't think it. T- i don't not that's not the argument i'm making okay maybe the argument it. i'm making is if you're in halftime and you're out gaining the yeah. other opponent yeah. by 150 yards that's gonna keep happening especially okay. if you're doing it by you know running for seven yards a carry yeah. now as we've seen sometimes you hit some some deep shots on on offense and then You can't keep doing that and so then your offense goes away and and dies in a hole but when you've got the ground game michigan has and you have that kind of huge advantage at halftime there's not really anything that's going to stop that right yeah because like michigan just isn't running off like a 50 yard run and then going back to two yards of carry like they do five they do six they do 12 you know it's their ability to stay ahead of the chains and even like in second and ten like all right we'll give the ball to edwards and we'll convert it's like okay (laughs) <laughs> that's something they yeah. can do this year, which is really interesting. So I think the argument is, is more like the consistency with which yardage in the first half advantages turns into points in the second half is, is, is because the ground game is, is so uh, much less variable than throwing.
1: Yeah. One of the things <laughs> that I wonder uh, you want your guys take on uh, or takes uh, after the game, I said and, and tweeted this that I felt like, even though the numbers weren't sexy at all, that this was a game where they showed progress in the passing game. They were very intentional about receiver involvement. Uh, you saw them take some some early down shots down down the field. Uh, I agree with with Brian in that. Look, while it was a little tougher road a to hoe running the football early on for four downs twice in the red zone to punch it in. You knew Rutgers was going to be more physical. They, they were run blitzing up the wazoo. But Michigan could have run the ball, uh, you know, as, as predominantly as they did against, against Michigan State and still won this game. And yet you saw them be very intentional about, we are going to throw the football. We are going to target our receivers. We're going to target them downfield. We're going to target them in the red zone. And while the numbers weren't great, they weren't pretty, I think you got to rip that in games if you're going to pull it out when you need it. And so I thought it was progress along those lines.
0: Well, and you get a lot of passes that are coulda, shoulda, right? Like there's that shot towards the end of the half where Bell has it, gets pushed out of bounds. There's the seam route to, to Schoonmaker. There's two or three more balls where, you know, they're not easy catches, but you do want your wide receivers to help out your quarterback a bit. And other than... You know, a couple instances, it was really kind of a situation where I was like, "Can someone make a play for this guy?" Because Rutgers was in contact on a lot of these plays. They have a good secondary. Their defense has been um, <clears throat> pretty competent the whole year, minus Ohio State. And the the kind of things we saw in this game, I don't think are representative of the talent level of the wide receivers. We've seen Ronnie Bell for years and years. We know he can make contested catches, and Cornelius Johnson, we have a little bit less evidence on, but he was the re- leading receiver last year, and he looked really good. And he looked really good in games like Ohio State. So I kind of feel like they just haven't had the reps this year. They haven't had the at-bats. And when push comes to shove, I expect them to perform better than they did in this game.
3: Uh, I mean, Brian, maybe you can tell me this. I I watched this game uh, a couple times in slow motion, and I watched particularly – uh, Jeffrey Percy at left tackle. Cause I thought, well, okay, he may be playing next year. And, uh, and I thought in pass pro he was, he was pretty clean okay. and I saw, I didn't see a lot, you know, and I thought in the run game, he was okay. Now I'm interested in your take on that.
0: Well, so I think I only had one minus for Percy in the, in pass pro. And that's when he didn't recognize a stunt fast enough. And
1: right, Keegan got kind of hung
0: up on a guy. Ah, uh, because he couldn't let him go, and then in the ground game, it was sort of like early Ryan Hayes, where he's not being focused on a whole lot. Like uh, they're not running a whole lot of stuff that it's like, okay, we need to pull him or we need to have him block down and make a tough block. But the things that he was asked to do, he was he was pretty good at. Um, Barnhart actually had some trouble with Aaron Lewis, which was a really fascinating player to. <sighs>
3: <laughs> if you a, recall when Aaron yeah. Lewis was here, I, I said, that's the guy I like. I'm well, worker.
0: so Lewis, Lewis was really good as a pass rusher around the edge. He has violent hands and he ripped uh, Barnhart's hands down a couple times to get some yeah. pressure. But when Michigan went against him in the ground game, they were putting him three or four yards downfield pretty consistently. Okay. So it was very much a tale of two cities for him. And, uh, I think he's going to be good in a, in a few years. Like, just put on the weight and be able to hold up in the ground game, and he'll be pretty decent. But uh, yeah, <laughs> so I was charting, and I just I just kept bringing up Lewis because he kept doing things, good and bad. Uh, so, but that was always I just, you're interested in former Michigan players and what they seem to look like, and that was pretty good scout by Michigan. a uh, Don Brown anchor, time. right? Uh, I mean, like, he's got the frame. He's not big enough yet. Yeah, yeah. but it's anyway. like
2: just the the list goes on and on, and then continues into Rutgers
0: now. But yeah, yeah, we should we should talk about Donovan Edwards a little bit more in this game. Because- yeah,
1: yeah, he he as a obviously his his run. Uh, I think it was a counter that he he almost took to the house, and then as a as a pass catcher. I mean, to to really maximize what he can be, uh, Ira gave the stat. That the only player in NCAA history to have a thousand yards rushing and a thousand yards receiving is Bryant Westbrook. He's an FCS guy. Diamond Edwards down the line looks like he could be that guy. He could be the FBS version of a guy who has a thousand yards rushing and a thousand yards receiving. We saw him flash in both in both aspects in this game.
0: Yeah, and so last week in in the UFR, I complained about his ability to maximize the blocking he gets and i there are two duo plays that michigan ran and quorum ran one of them and edwards ran one of them and edwards didn't sell that he was he didn't press a gap and then regap, and he did that on the long run here he threatened outside it's just a step it's just a little bit of a pause but it got the Rutgers guys to commit and you see a linebacker commit outside that makes a kickout block really easy. And then one of their safeties is just like on his horse and out of the gap. And that's what turns a decent, nice seven, eight yard run into a chunk play. And there's a pin and pull earlier in the game where they're hammering after it. And he stops and goes behind. uh, I think it was Keegan because the linebacker is, you know, three, four yards in the backfield. And he turns that from a, Uh, potential TFL into a first down and he has surprising power for a guy with his stature. Like he ran a couple guys over in this game. We've seen him deck a couple of safeties. Um, And so if he has that ability to, to maximize his blocking in anything approximating the way Blake Corum does, and I'm talking about like get 75% of the way there. um, Then you're, really cooking next year because I mean we saw what happened when you lined him up against a safety, right? That touchdown, Mm -hmm. he gets man coverage, guy's five yards off, and it's like, (laughs) that's not happening. And and that guy's not a linebacker, right? He's a safety.
1: Right. Yeah. You know, you you look at, to your point, uh, on on the counter that he almost scored on, man, it was excellent reading of his blocks. Excellent blocking up front. I mean, the the nuance, the way those guys really think on a move, I thought, Schoonmacher was was particularly great on that play uh, with the man he found mm-hmm. on his block and everyone kind of filling in behind him. I mean, it's hard to, to really get into without visual aids, but... I, it's
2: still up on our site because I was not able... We weren't able to get much content out in the last few days, so it won't get far. I had that whole play broken down like right at the... Pretty close to the top. But yeah. yeah. Schoonmacher
1: Schoonmacher in particular, because I asked Al and said, hey, man, you know, it's... It, he, These guys all day long, when you look at their ability to think on the move and make, make key blocks where they aren't necessarily blocking the man that you expect them uh, to block on a play was was outstanding. And then Donovan, his receiving skills, guys, uh, I mean, it's just next. Level. I remember talking to Alan True during his recruitment. He said, you know, he could be a five-star receiver. Uh, and, and watching him along, the line, along those lines in that season, them split him out a lot. And it's like, man, this is actually legit. And that was one of the keys to to Michigan sort of flipping that around because he was leaning in Ohio State. And Ohio State was trying to press him and push him and get him to speed him up. Uh, he, he wouldn't fall for it. He was looking at other schools. But Michigan, they were very intent with him saying, hey, we are going to use you as a receiver. And we're seeing that show up uh, now here in this season. Uh, and I think he's going to be more and more of a threat here down the stretch.
3: Yeah, I, I agree with this. The, uh, Blake Cora may be, um, evolving to this, the best running, running back I've ever seen at Michigan. And, and that, and that goes back a long way. I think he's, uh, channeling, uh, Fred Jackson. He's Mike Hart, but fast. And, uh, and so he, uh, he he's been spectacular and I don't think Donovan Edwards is ever going to get there to that point, but he's, he's close. He's not that far behind, but the thing Donovan Edwards can do is catch the ball and run routes and get open. And this will make him a very high, in my opinion, for a running back, especially NFL draft pick. He's a lock uh, in, in the NFL because he's what the NFL wants. Uh, He's like Alvin Kamara and uh you know and i see him being that good in in the nfl and obviously i i agree with you with all of you guys i think that he's he's a great running back who will who's even more valuable because of his receiving abilities
1: and i, I need to shout out the right tight ends on the play i was uh the it was schoolmacher on the pit and pull who made a a great block with the two tight ends on the on the counter were were coast and loveland and max bredesen who Again, you talk about the depth of these guys, both of those guys had winning blocks on that play. It it was just, it was pristine. I, I want to go back to the sort of the original question though, guys. I mean, this coaching staff very clearly, very, very clearly were saying we gotta work on our our receivers. And and I what I want to highlight is JJ's performance because when I tweeted after the game, it just was progress in the passing game. It was, some, you either had some people who, who roundly shot it down. I like, how could you say, how could you say this was, this was progress to the other extreme where people say, oh, they didn't throw it enough. They should have thrown it. They should have thrown it more. I actually think that the, the mix that they found in this game was, was pretty optimal. We, we went through and charted the game based on targeting of a receiver based on progression where they were in the progression that they were intent upon getting to receivers is 16 times that they did that, which is the same thing as as the number of a number of times the guy was actually targeted and had the ball thrown to him. So that was key. And then you know taking shots on on first down, that was very, very important. But if you add the number of drops to the also the throwaway that JJ had in the red zone, I thought it was actually a it was a much better game for J.J. than I think a lot of fans are giving him credit for. I think you have some fans thinking he played poorly in that game, and I don't think it was anything close to that. I actually think he he played well under the circumstances when you consider how many drops he had.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, <clears throat> you know, there is an argument that on a couple of those that were tough catches that he had guys who were more open, like the – seemed to – Schoonmaker – it's a great throw. It's NFL level throw, but also Colston Loveland has no one within five yards of him. So <laughs> it's a uh, you know, <laughs> like, ah, oh, great throw. Should have made a easier throw to a different guy. And yeah,
1: you would have had to have his second read though. If you think your first read is open.
0: Yeah, but his first read wasn't open. <laughs> That's that's great. that's been a thing first read. Had yeah. three guys around him, so it's was like, <laughs> ah, ah. but he he put it in there, and uh, without a great play from the Rutgers defensive back, that's a touchdown. So six to one half dozen the other, I guess. But yeah, I, I felt like his performance. You know, you looked at his stats at the end of the game, and you're like, that, that didn't feel like a game where you have completed under half your passes, right? At least from a quarterback standpoint. I I was during the game, I was very frustrated about you know someone make a play for this guy. And then part of that is, you know, uh, thrown into coverage in situations where it's difficult, but he got sped up a little bit by the pass rush. So this is not going to be quite as clean a game for the offensive line in terms of my, my pass protection grading, because they had some issues with the blitzes and Barnhart had some issues with Lewis. So given that context and the fact that (laughs) Rutgers defensive backs were in pretty good contact with Michigan, uh, I think, yeah, he's going to, his grading is going to come out a lot better than his his stats. Yeah,
1: you you look at his at his decision on the uh on the miss post to to Andre Anthony. I mean, he he works that. He works that safety. I mean, they the 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 safety on the on the boundary side works him so well that you you free Andre up on the scene. I mean, that was I thought that was high level quarterbacking. Uh so you end up having you know, Andre Anthony on a on a linebacker. They were in Tampa too, and he got him wide open down the seam. Should have been a catch. You have him. I mean, I don't know about nah, that. I mean, <laughs> hit, hit him in the hands.
0: Hit him like on the fingertips, and like he's laying out for it. Like you r- rerun that play a hundred times, it's not getting caught fifty.
3: Like, yeah, nowhere. I mean, Harlan Hill maybe. But uh, n- you know, even guys in the NFL aren't making that catch as a matter of routine. He had ten I yards on it- the next guy. All you have to do, I mean, you,
2: yeah, when I you can, have him in that you, open. You can say he should have hung it up off, more. I thought that was
1: a, it. I thought that was a catchable ball. But anyway, uh-huh. the, the other time with with Donovan, you know, they're cover two to that side, and you don't think that Donovan's gonna be, gonna be open on a on a whole shot on that play based on the the pre snap look. And he got that. You I don't know who busted, whether it was your 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 corner on that play. Corner Bust, sucked yep. up on schoonmaker. Or, or your or safety. What I couldn't figure out is if he was if he was a, a trap. If he was a trap corner. Devin seemed to think he was a trap corner on that. If he was a trap corner on that, then your safety busted. Someone busted on the play anyway. JJ was able to spot it and found Donovan on a whole shot. You get your your uh you know, your receiver tackled on an RPO, you throw that away. I mean, you just had this dude kind of really seeing and feeling uh, the, the game at a level that you wanted him to see it and feel it in a game where he was getting hit a lot. That was the other thing. He was getting blasted in this contest, and yet you still saw him processing the, you know, the, the plays in the way that you want to see him process them. It wasn't perfect, far from per- perfect from him, and you guys are p- pointing out some of the imperfections maybe, but I thought it was progress.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think that they've got some things to work through, and you know, it, it's coming though. You know, it, it's something where you can see the talent that JJ has. It's not something that you got to squint like you got to squint with Gavin Wimsatt, where you're like, "Is that really?" Uh? <laughs> no, it's it's coming. Yeah. yeah. Yep. 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 Yep.
1: Yep. All right. And so uh, we need to get to a break. I'm curious what you guys thought of some of the other Big Ten action, most notably that Ohio State-Northwestern game. Uh, It it continues to hammer on a theme that I see with them and how these two teams, how Michigan-Ohio State, the contrast and the styles make fight sort of matchup that I think we're going to see again when those two teams square off of one another. Also curious what you guys think of Illinois in the aftermath of dropping that one to Michigan State. A lot still to cover here on the Michigan Insider. And of course, a look at Nebraska too. A lot still to get to here on the Michigan Insider and go blog roundtable on Sports Talk 1050 WTKA, the ticket. And it's yeah, just, just when you start to think that maybe Illinois is the class of the West and they still might be the class of the West. You realize how fraudulent and what a dubious distinction that is to be the class of the West, right? They suck on that side. even I think, more than uh, I thought. Might, the, might the Big Ten be
3: wise to get rid of the conferences, all scrap the conferences completely? I, I mean, just, the Pac I mean, has.
0: The problem with that is, like, yeah. you if you're going to have the two, two best teams in the league in the conference championship game, then the game sort of doesn't matter. Maybe if USC comes in and, like, really starts ripping it up. But, uh,
1: yeah, What did you guys think of uh, in this one from Joy Fauble? He said, uh, I like to play from Will Johnson. I want to see him cover Marvin Harrison Jr. Um, I like the, the physical match, all the physicality he brings to the table for sure.
3: I want to see him cover him too. Uh, but, you know, I, I guess I mean it in a slightly different context. Uh, you know, I don't, I don't know. Uh, Marvin Harrison Jr. is the deal.
0: Yeah, and yeah, if Will and
3: if Will Johnson can cover him, I want to see it. I mean, that'd be great. You know,
0: I mean, I don't think it's going to be a whole lot of man to man. I think yeah. it's going to be a lot of zone and a lot of blitzing because okay. you got to confuse Stroud and 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 he. Yeah. I mean, his weakness is like you pressure him and he kind of drops off a cliff, and that's That'll still happening. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, I, I don't want Michigan running man pressures against. Ohio yeah, State. that right. Yeah. Look, and then
1: Marvin Harris, whatever they do, that receiving core is going to make some plays. I mean, they made some yeah. phenomenal plays last year. I know those guys are gone, but they made phenomenal
0: plays last year. They did. In yeah. that game. And but, they're going to uh, do
3: it again. Yeah. I don't think they're much weaker than last year. I mean, well, maybe, I, mean, I mean, if
0: you, if, I mean, they're about as good on the ground on both sides of the ball as Northwestern. So. Yeah,
3: <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, that's for sure. I mean, uh, I mean, I don't, I don't know what, uh, what Fitz was doing, actually, at some oh, point in the so, game,
0: I mean, like he he doesn't have the win for two quarters, and you're like, okay, they're going to get the fourth quarter, they're going to throw it a little bit, and the first play it's of the fourth quarter is a, is wild a wildcat cat. run, and you're like, yeah, god damn it, what Fitz, is,
3: yeah, <laughs> what what is he doing? I mean, he's like he's like backing himself into a seven or fourteen point loss. That's the point. I mean, like so, and- yeah, he,
0: he was, they were down fourteen seven at that point, and I'm like, dude, mm-hmm. you you're I not. Tied anymore you gotta like go for this you and
3: gotta try like, yeah. i mean
0: i decline
1: we we won't yeah. get into this on on the yeah. air i would just real quick in the break this question came up what did you guys
0: think of the lawyer's letter defending the msu player <laughs> <laughs> i couldn't believe it wasn't a parody it was like is this all, <laughs> I it's always sunny was. in philadelphia what is going on
3: i thought it was a parody well, I didn't, that's real no that's, that's, that's real yeah, that's I mean, that was like written by a three year old with a Crayola, Crayola. and so, just to begin with, yeah, that
0: parody until I think it was Pat 40 then put it out said this was set to Sports Illustrated and other media outlets. I thought it was just Solari getting played, but apparently not, just some wow. doofus. Uh,
3: yeah, you know, you want my uh, you know, talking about is those other bad guys? Uh, I've got a taxonomy of bad guys, uh, you know, how about. Tom Izzo for enabling the Mateen Cleaves or Tom Izzo for enabling sexual assaults in his program or Tom Izzo for uh, always being a victim or Mark D'Antonio for continuously, continually enabling multiple assaults and uh, by his players, some in ski masks. How about MSU for enabling and supporting uh, the horrific war in Indochina by with Wesley Fischel uh, being ZM's mentor? Uh um, he- yeah,
1: we're going deep. <laughs>
3: I know. Or just John Engler. You know, there's some bad guys. Uh, you know, if you want to talk about some bad guys. I'm not sure what any of that has to do with, with the particular
1: incident. Well, you know but, what he did? I mean, that was you know. sort of a, a very vague critique. He, he left open to interpret about with these bad guys. You assume he's pointing to some some Michigan uh, person, player, coach. I, I don't know who he was pointing at. But that seemed that was obviously very intentional, you know, because it it sort of allows you to skirt some some criticism for pointing the finger in a situation where you really should not be doing that. I don't care what anyone on the other side said. There is nothing that warranted that kind of response, and I'm not even dignifying the you know that sort of criticism. Uh, You know, I'm not validating that kind of criticism by saying that it's that it's legit. I'm just saying even if it were the case that they said something right. That, that does not, that does not justify the behavior of the Michigan state student athletes in that instance. And he seems to be, you know, give clearing the way for that to be the case. And, but I'm not Back surprised by that. 10 I'm not surprised by that. You seem to not be surprised by that either. Craig
3: oh, surprised by any idiotic moronic thing that Tom Izzo says the ultimate victory. Oh. Stand my
1: guys. stand by <laughs> You might be getting the call, Craig.
3: Yeah, I'll be glad to take it.
1: So, fellas, let, let's start off first with Ohio State. No, before we move on to them, Nebraska. Any thoughts on Nebraska? What do you guys think of the Cornhuskers under Mickey Joseph? What if any challenge do you think they'll present when they roll into town this weekend?
0: Uh, none. <laughs> like, I don't uh, like. I don't even come think on. If Casey Thompson doesn't play, this is going to be the biggest blowout of the year.
3: Is he playing? Uh, he isn't playing?
0: I mean. Oh, wow. That they're, they're choosing between Chubba Purdy and Logan Smothers. And there's just no way that either of those guys could ever be a good quarterback. Just uh, I listen think they are
3: downgrading Logan Smothers, Logan I've...
0: Smothers. It's not <laughs> don't happening. Don't like Logan Smothers. Neither they should yeah, name them Wolverine Smothers.
3: <laughs> I, you know, I, uh, they're a terrible defense. Let's start there. They they have the worst defensive numbers in the Big Ten. Now their offense has has actually been okay, but if you take out the quarterback, if you take out Casey Thompson, then I'm I'm not so sure they're very good. I mean, they are three and six. They have their you know sort of normal uh, uh, four. They've got four one loss scores. I mean, uh, or excuse me, four one score losses. Uh, you know. It, to Rutger no excuse me they won that one uh, Purdue and uh, Minnesota are, were games that were reasonably close that they lost so they do have that and so the their numbers aren't quite as bad as the as the as sort of one loss uh, ledger but when you look at their defense it's truly bad and uh, their offense is okay but without their quarterback I don't I I don't know. Then Brian would be right. It'll it'll be maybe the worst team They're, we played. In they a can't while. tackle,
2: and the only guy so. in that
3: entire team that
2: could tackle is Miles yeah. Farmer, and he just got a DUI, so he's going to be out. Uh, they got oh, I didn't, two oh, linebackers. So I think both of them are are playing injured, and like whenever they have to take one of them off the field because the guy's about to fall apart, they put out some guy who like looks like he's never played the game of football before, and like. Nebraska under Scott Frost, when they were, like, losing games to Ohio State and Michigan by one point, there was always, like, a little bit of weirdness going on, but it was also just, you know, they they would have a game plan. They would have something cool prepared. Mark Whipple hasn't really had that cool of an offense this year. I mean, maybe it's because they have a transfer quarterback instead of a guy who's been there for 40 years. But, like, it's they don't feel nearly as dangerous as the Nebraska that was, like, you know, one lucky play away from pulling one of these things off. They are a terrible team. When they won games by one point this year, it was to teams that were like barely out of the FCS. It's, this is not a good team.
1: Yeah. All right. So moving on to uh, around the Big Ten horn, so to speak, Northwestern Ohio State. Uh, you know, a lot of people talked about CJ Stroud having more rush yards than, than pass yards. That, that, that doesn't, that's not what sticks out to me. Yeah. In that game, the, the weather conditions sort of mandated that, you know, you that you approach the game that way. You're going to it's going to be a game where you're, you run the football, more, football better than you throw it. But here's the problem. They had to run the football or Northwestern. And for a good portion of that game, they didn't do it well, guys. And when it came to stopping Northwestern from running the football they didn't do that as well as at least I, w- I expected them to do. Uh, it, it, it was a follow-up to my impression of the physicality of Ohio State after watching them play against Penn State. I don't feel like they're a, a more physical team. They might be a better coach defense than they were last year, but they are not a more physical team than they were last year. And I think that's a problem when they face Michigan if the conditions are anything but pristine.
0: I mean, even if the conditions are pristine, you saw what Evan Hall was able to do in a game where like, they knew for a fact that Evan Hall was going to run the ball on a big chunk of his snaps, right? Because it was a Wildcat. And for him to have a reasonably productive game rushing, it's like, what is going to happen when Blake Corum and Donovan Edwards hit town? Like, I feel like that game doesn't really tell you anything about what's going to happen when C.J. Stroud drops back to pass against Michigan. But in terms of what the game looks like on both lines of scrimmage i think you got to say at this point that's advantage michigan mm-hmm.
3: Mm-hmm. yeah i have the same same feeling i mean i was mystified by what as to what Fitz was doing in that game i mean it's a it's a seven nothing game and yeah they're playing into the wind but even playing into the wind you can throw the ball say four yards instead they ran wildcat wildcat why you know they you know they they were so seemed sort of content until they had the wind and then when they got the wind they started running more wildcat plays you know and and that was down at that point seven to fourteen so I, it was hard to, for me to to figure out i mean northwestern's going nowhere um uh, you know take a little bit of a chance and try and win the game as opposed to backing into a, a close loss in terms of the lines. Yeah. It's uh, I mean, Ohio state fans, I hear this over and over from Ohio state friends that I have and from um, and on, on the media is uh, their fans seem to think they're, they're soft. And, and I'm not saying they're soft because I don't really believe that, but that's what their fans seem to think. Cause they're saying it over and over and over. We're soft. Um, I I think Northwestern fans were like doing the Leo DiCaprio pointing gif
2: because all the Michigan fans and all everyone else is like, you know, on board for this and they're watching and then they're like, no, no, this is not going to happen. It's going to be miserable. It's going to be stupid. It's going to be Pat Fitzgerald ball. And just you watch. And lo and behold, and like. We're all reacting on it, and we're like reacting online to this stuff. And then the Northwestern fans, and the uh, you know that I we we have friends and whatnot, and they they're just like, "Yeah, right, right. How does it feel being a Northwestern fan? This is what we go through every single week, man." So, like that was our that was our moment of appreciating what it's like to not have a great team, <laughs> and like Michigan fans don't need too much reminder of having teams that felt soft, you know, that felt like they were uh, under utilizing their talent. So we understand kind of where the Ohio State fans are, too. And just a little bit of empathy. I think we can kind of understand what team they're watching and what team we're watching and understand maybe the team we're watching here is a little bit special.
1: Yeah, I don't want any of this to be mentioned. I, I think Ohio State, I've been saying it all. All week, I've been saying it for a few weeks now. They are not a physical football team. I mean, this is it is a, a a mopping up of the competition. If it winds up being a battle of physicality, right? But that doesn't mean that I don't think Ohio State is elite. I think they are elite. And when has uh, Michigan track Ohio State ever been a right? physical I mean, battle,
2: they, Sam? I, I mean. <laughs> yeah, well,
0: we,
1: well we they, saw, they
0: won a lot of track yeah. meets against Don Brown. So, like they did. The, they did. If, and if it turns into a track, I
1: mean, now Michigan, uh, the question is, if it turns into that kind of game as Michigan, uh, you know, they're going to be able to run it enough to maybe limit Ohio State some, but have they? can they grow their passing game enough if they have to match some that they're able to do it? I like Michigan's chances of growing where in the ways that it needs to grow better than I like Ohio State's chances in growing the way that it needs to grow. You don't just become physical overnight. Clearly, you don't just become – physical, at least if you're Ohio State, physical from one, one year to the next, because they have not done so, as uh, Darren Graham just said, finesse team. I think they are a finesse team. Uh, what do you guys say, R- Real quick, because we only have a few minutes left, five or so minutes left. But <laughs> Illinois, I got guys, I mean, you, I couldn't have been the only one that obviously did not believe in the Big Ten West, but believing at least they would be able to take down a depleted Michigan State team and Michigan State just walked into Champaign and pushed them around and and, and won that game in pretty convincing fashion as as far as I'm concerned. Does that say more about Illinois to you, or does it say more about Michigan State to you that the Spartans won that game?
0: Well, I mean, you got to look at the way that game actually went down. So this is a game where Michigan State gets outgained by 150 yards, but Illinois goes 1-6 on fourth down. And so there was another goal line stand right at the beginning of this game, um, and that's the one thing that Michigan State has actually been really good at this year is bowing up the one-yard line. And so that was a key difference in this game because otherwise you're driving for a field goal at the end. And it just kind of felt like you know every bounce goes Michigan State's way. They still can't move the ball in any way whatsoever. They have under 300 yards of offense. And they just managed to thunk out a couple of touchdowns and Illinois is on the wrong side of, of lady luck, really. So I think this is still a pretty good Illinois defense. Like they are heavy cover one. So they're going to man up Michigan's receivers and it's going to be impingent on them to, to uh, get open uh, against man coverage with some pretty good defensive backs and chase Brown. I, don't see him doing a ton against Michigan just because Michigan's run defense has been real good all year. I mean, they're, I think they're a good team that just got uh, massively unlucky against Michigan state.
3: I think there's some truth to that, but you know, I also want to give some credit to Michigan state. I mean, that's a game where they could have come out and just, you know, said, okay, our season's done. And, you know, and, and, They've got players out from the prior week, but they didn't. They came out and they really seemed motivated and they played hard. and uh, yeah, they were lucky as hell in that game. but they also, I have to give them credit. I mean, they you know, I felt like they they came out and they really competed, and no one can say Michigan State is soft ever. And uh, you know, and and they weren't in that game either. And so I give them credit., uh, you know, I think, I fear or I think to be honest that maybe those are pretty equivalent teams I'm not sure that uh, Illinois is really uh, much better if any than Michigan I, State so I disagree uh, on two but, I disagree on you know, two I accounts. could be wrong
2: number one yeah. I saw how Michigan State played defense okay. against Michigan and the word for that was soft they held two guys back okay. they took on well, I mean
0: yeah I mean, you're well, never better yeah, than when true.
2: you're being yourself right Every, and Michigan State, kind of revealed what they are, and that that's that's the kind of team they are. But what what's Illinois? Illinois is a running team. They had no passing game. What's Michigan State? A team with the disaster of a secondary. So that was already kind of a weird matchup for Illinois because State has Slade up front, and they have Xavier Henderson at safety. So you can activate him against the run. You're going to have uh, success. And Michigan State has success against Michigan in short situations too. Like they um, – They can do that. We've seen that they can do that. And Brian's right. Illinois just got into that situation so many times where the correct answer is to go. And maybe, I don't know, maybe they should have had the incorrect answer at that time because Michigan State is just so good at that one thing. But Illinois has been a good running team all year and felt like they should have been able to get one yard against those guys because Michigan was able to move those guys out most of the time, too. It's just they kept on getting in situations that Michigan State is good at. They played into Michigan State's strengths and did not have the ability to access Michigan State's weaknesses. I do not at all believe those are equivalent teams. Illinois has a great blitzing defense. They're going to come after you. They're going to be, uh, you know, what Indiana was doing with us, they're going to try that but on a much uh, different level and they're fun to they're fun to watch. Yeah, at,
1: at their core yeah Michigan state's defense is is bad right but yeah. if you if you're a one dimensional run team uh, you mentioned their 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 front they have some players up there Xavier Henderson you know they they are base a match quarters team and Michigan saw uh they saw a decent amount of fair amount of co- quarters coverage in that but if if you want to put safeties in the box against Michigan they're still going to be able to run on you the other teams that aren't Michigan take advantage on the one-on-one situation on the outside you want to come out in quarters I'm gonna single I'm gonna take advantage of my my playmakers at receiver get them in one-on-one situations and Illinois can't do that <laughs> Illinois can't do that I was not a believer in Tommy DeVito I thought he had at least have enough though to be able to take advantage of Michigan State secondary if the run wasn't working he couldn't do it not enough anyway to win that game I just yeah maybe they're as good as Michigan State. That doesn't help them against Michigan. I was just giving me the wrap-up sign saying we got to go. Real quick, guys, winner and score, Nebraska-Michigan. Uh, Craig, real quick, 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 quick.
3: Uh, 37, Michigan.
1: Brian Cook. 64-2. And
3: forty two <laughs> twenty 27 42-27.
1: <laughs> <laughs> All right, folks, so we got to get out of here. We'll see you next time on the Michigan Insider on Sports Talk 250. WTK, the ticket, the official voice of University of Michigan sports, Ann Arbor, a cumulus station. Duh.